Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Once again, to the Game of Thrones podcast on the winteriscoming.net, we are Take the Black, and we're here to talk about episode five of season five, uh, Kill the Boy. And man, it was, to me, one of my favorite episodes of the season, but I haven't talked to my lovely co-host, Isis and Luke. Yes, Luke is lovely. I didn't want to, I haven't talked to them yet, so I don't know their thoughts, but uh, let me introduce them real quick to you. This is the first time you've listened to our Unsullied podcast. Let me introduce to you Isis. Isis, tell them. Tell them where they can find you out there and say hello to everyone. Hey, guys. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at I-J-A-M-E-L-T-O-N. Or you can find me on Tumblr as well. I am superhero dash almighty Isis. So please. Go, yeah, go, go check our stuff out because if you are into Outlander or if you like different views of Arrow and, and different superhero stuff, Isis is the person to give a follow to because she's really knowledgeable in that area. We also have Luke Turner, the always just up-in-your-face shenanigans-causing Luke Turner. Luke, say hi to everybody out there. Hi to everybody out there. See, I told you. I told you. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing good. What exactly is a Tumblr? Like, other, th- a other cup, than the one I cup. use to mix my, you know, scotch and whatever. I was going to say. Well, I mean, I, I use mine for, like, uh, tea. I pour tea into my tumbler. Do you really? Yeah. Is it, is it sweetened or unsweetened? Because then I'm going to judge it's a, you. It's actually, it's actually a Game of Thrones tumbler. It's a House Stark tumbler. Oh, but it's sweetened yeah. tea, right? I don't drink sweet tea. Are you serious? Aren't you, drink, don't you I, live in Arkansas? How can you? Yeah, I know. How can you That's why my parents, my parents disown me because I don't drink sweet tea. I'm disowning you now. Shit. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm gonna, I, listen my wife and I are healthy people. We drink. We, t- we take Truvia. Instead of regular sugar. But. See, that's where you got that cancer in your head. That, yeah. that tumor. <laughs> you got that tumor in your head. Shit. You, got Mon- you got a Monsanto tumor is what it is. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> knows that Truvia is natural. Truvia is all natural. Thank you very much. Whatever. If anything, it's going to give me a, super hu- a superhuman power. Like, I'm going to be like an inhuman or something. You wish. <laughs> you wish. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Tumblr is just a, it's a blog place where you can go and... And post your blog, and uh, or a lot of people use it for gifts. Um, That's where I go for is gifts. Yeah, great I mean, they ha- a lot of people do some really great gifts over there. A lot of people do fan fiction. It's actually like where creative people like go to blog. But I'm not creative at all. So all I do is say snarky, funny stuff online, and um, and sometimes people well, like it, and sometimes I post my articles there from LightlyBuzz.com as well. So. 
Speaking of your snarky comments, let me get what you thought about episode five, season five, Kill the Boy. Give me your, give me your right off the cuff. What you, what you thought about the entire episode? I actually really liked it. Um, it really, you know, when they were talking about, oh, you have to kill the boy. At first, I really thought it was the, the, the boy that killed you, Grit. And I was like, oh man, they're oh, gonna yeah. have to kill the boy. But no, I felt like it was a really great episode to show that okay, now you have to evolve. And it wasn't just Jon Snow. Or I guess I guess we can still call him Jon Snow, uh, but it was also <laughs> Danny as well. I mean, these these people have to evolve. These people in leadership, you know, have to evolve. Same thing with um, Tyrion. You know, he couldn't just stay being his snarky self and being ugly. Very rarely do you see him uh, apologize for stuff, but uh, he was he was apologetic and he wanted to make amends and and you know, kind of work with Jorah a little bit. I kind of feel like he and Sir Frenzone had a nice little moment there. They did. They did. He could have let him die. I mean, I kind of of feel like I'm starting to like Sir Frenzone again. Like, I liked him in the first season, uh, even though I knew what kind of person he was, but uh, I've, I've hated him ever since. And now... They make me feel sorry for him, so I kind of like him again. So we'll, because we'll, his penis we'll, is going to fall off. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not spread that far yet. It's only on his arm. <laughs> My God! <laughs> well, it's going to all it, turn. His whole body's going to turn into that. So he's going to be a stone man. He's going to be a like. stone man. He's going to have stone balls. Oh my God! Stone. You think? You think they? Do you think people actually like a uh, farm? The stone men's genitalia and like sell it in like open markets and stuff. I don't. I mean, you, there's probably a market for it. I don't put anything past uh, Martin. I really don't. I, don't. I trust me. I, I don't either. <laughs> Luke, let me ask you: What were your thoughts on the episode far, and what did you think of the stone men? Uh, I didn't know what the stone men were um, I, at first. I was really. I thought they were literally made of stone. So yeah. I was like, how are these guys swimming? <laughs> like, I was like, why aren't these, like, how did he get up in the boat? He should be down at the bottom. But right. uh, I guess they're not actually stone men. As we, Well, that's uh, what grayscale makes you look like. It right. takes over your entire body and basically, I guess, what's the word for it? Uh, mortifies your flesh. Is it mortify? Something like that. Anyway, it turns your flesh hardened. You don't feel anything. Um they, I, I was very happy with the stone men in this episode because, to me, that's how I imagined them when I read the books. Uh, so I was pretty happy with that, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. Continue. So you didn't know what the stone men were, even though they foreshadowed the grayscale, and Stannis mentioned that he almost dropped Shireen off at the stone men in Valyria. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I knew what it was, but I didn't I didn't realize like when it happened, because th- they were talking about pirates like like two oh. seconds before that. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what I thought they were. And then I noticed that they were like some kind of zombie looking things. But I, the episode itself was better than last week, but I still really didn't feel like a whole heck of a lot happened. Like none of the storylines really got pushed um, too far. I mean, more than last episode, but not not a whole lot. So, Isis, what did you think whenever they were talking about Targaryens all, all alone out there in the world is a sad thing? And then all of a sudden they pan up. And there's Jon Snow. Um, I thought I thought the same thing that everybody else thought that wow there there's some foreshadowing going on here and maybe that's why the Maester has uh, Aemon has taken Jon Snow under his wing because he knows the real story um, or uh, what we think as fans uh, TV show watching fans that we think Jon Snow is a Targaryen um, or had this you know where his parentage 
parentaging for I can't even talk today. Uh, his, his his parents, <laughs> who his parents really are, and uh, so I really feel like he's really trying to look out for him and protect him uh, in a way. Because at the end of the day, you know, Jon Snow could have left with uh, Stannis and could have, you know, went out with him and everything. And the fact that he decided that he was going to go ahead and stay was enough for uh, the maester to to go and say, "Okay, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to take care of you. Speaking of Stannis, did you like the fact that Stannis turned into a grammar Nazi this episode? Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my that God. brought so much joy into my life. Uh, it made <laughs> me. It, it just kind of gave a little different dimension of him. Of you know, he of course he's this no nonsense kind of person, and it just kind of falls in line to the type of person that he is. And I just absolutely right. loved him. It was so great to hear. They've really made Stannis a much more likable. Shoot, almost lovable character. I'm, I, I'm so I, I, I hate to say a word like lovable and Stannis in the same sentence, yeah. but like that moment he had last episode where he hugged his daughter, and then this episode where he's talking about, you know, like he's in there and he's all smart aleck and he talks about, you know, it's fewer instead of less. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just I was oh my god, they are really pushing Stannis on us. I feel like, which my god. Anytime they push the character, there's never, never, it's good never happens. good, yeah. never good. Yeah, that does not portend good things for them. But uh, you know, I don't know. I honestly don't know how Stannis' story is going to end. And this uh, this season has got me kind of twisted. Luke, let me ask you this: You mentioned that uh, it wasn't that it wasn't your favorite episode. That it, it kind of moved slow. Uh, and the stories didn't get pushed forward. Do you feel that way because there wasn't really any action in the in the show this season, this episode? Yeah, there. I mean, there was a little bit of action when the when they were. Uh... With the stone, stone man and stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, it was just a, a lot of talking, you know. Cut to uh, Brienne and Pod, you know, doing nothing again. That's why, right there, Isis. That's why he hated the episode. No, I didn't well, hate the. Like- I mean, she had a, she had a really good <laughs> idea to have, you know, uh, Sansa, you know, when she's in immediate danger to hit pause, run to the highest uh, abandoned. <laughs> place that's probably like three miles at least four or five miles from where she was and then light a candle a candle so that she could see it from there you know it just leave it there because the wind and all that kind of stuff isn't going to blow a candle out (laughs) now here's the thing though i don't think that that lady has necessarily talked to brienne yet because she told sansa that the north remembers Two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that she's talked to Brienne yet. I honestly believe that there is a contingency in the North that hates the Boltons and would rally around a Stark in Winterfell, which is there's always been a Stark in Winterfell except for whenever it burned down and was sacked by the Boltons at the very end of Ironborn. Uh, so I think the North would rally around a Stark, especially a firstborn daughter like Sansa. And it, and doubly especially if she was married to another family from the north uh, that that was considered an honorable family. Um, yeah, and I guess I don't. I guess word got out that they have now a, a giant on their hands that they can use. So I guess that makes uh, sense. To put the candle to put the candle in the window. Is that that giant you're talking about? No, Bri- well, yeah, Bri- I mean. <laughs> Brienne's the Brienne's giant. The giant yeah. He's such a dick. I swear. <laughs> I Why do you say, hate things that are good? I will say. I will say though that I did like her little speech that she had when she was uh, when she talked to the to the innkeep 
um, talking about like, you know, I serve her, her mom and that doesn't, uh, just cause she's dead doesn't mean that I'm, uh, absolved of it. Yeah. For my oath and, you know, and all that I stuff. served her and I serve her still. Yeah. So yeah. I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. Sort. Yeah. Uh, some, some tinfoil hat theorists out there believing that that was a uh, foreshadowing for a certain character making an appearance in the next episode. I don't think that's going to happen. Lady Stoneheart. But, uh, <laughs> Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, so, so we have, like, let me ask you this. Uh, and Isis and Luke, I want to get both your theories on this or your thoughts. Isis, I want to ask you first. What did you think? Do you like Ramsey because of the actor? Does he make Ramsey a likable character? Well, since I have not read the books, I don't know how Ramsey is in the book. But let me tell you, this guy is awesome at being wicked. I mean, he. There are some people that you go ahead and you go, man. I'm. I don't want to root for you, but you are great at being bad. Uh, I think the guy that played the Tony Soprano was a good one. You know, there there have been others uh, that HBO has done. They've done really, really good job with having really bad people, and then sometimes you're rooting for them. But I'm not going to lie, seeing the the reaction between uh, his dad and him, especially when his dad was telling him he was going to uh, have another baby and, you know, they suspect it was a boy, you almost felt bad for him because he has done everything, everything his yeah. father has asked him to do without question. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that he didn't. He disliked it. He had immense joy out of doing these horrible, horrible things. Uh, but, you know, he did all these things and, and really expecting nothing but maybe some, you know, hey, that was great boy or whatever. Uh, but then yeah. to be called his son, his his heir, if you will, um, has been a, a huge thing for him. And for for that to be taken, possibly taken away from him uh, was I could feel his pain like, oh, wait a minute. I, I could just, you know, be kind of moved to the side here in a minute. But- that look on Sansa's face, though, whenever he said oh, that, she it was like, smirked. oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. She was like, I mean, she all but went like, oh, yay. And um, it was. She really- all but went, eat a dick. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And it was just really interesting because then at that moment, I mean, not that I want him to get married to Sansa. Maybe she deserves a little bit of it. But uh, the fact that, you know, he was about to be kind of moved to the side. But I loved when he was talking to his dad, when he was like. So, like, how did this happen? <laughs> and then he's, Where did you, how are you able to find it? I know. Yeah. I am not oh. going to lie. That made me laugh. That was probably my favorite interaction of the night was them talking about that. Like, how did you find it? Yeah, and that, was, that was hilarious. Was that- and that story that, story that Roos gave about uh, the, the basically he raped Ramsey's mother. That was, I mean, in the book he talks about – he uses the word rape, but I'm sure they're trying to stay away from using the word rape since the whole Jamie and Cersei incident yeah. at, at, in the Sept of Baylor. Uh, Luke, let me ask you this. Uh, this kind of a nice parallel. Like uh, Stannis had his episode or his moment last episode where he had a father-daughter moment. In this episode, it was Roos and Ramsay, and we know that Stannis is marching on Winterfell, so Bolton versus uh, – Stan, Bolton versus Stannis, you know Baratheon. So, like, it's, we're about to get a major rumble in this in the north. Did you feel like it was a great father and son moment between Roose and Ramsay? Did you did you have talks like that when you were with your dad as a kid? Um, <laughs> I'm afraid of this answer. <laughs> I know I was I was cringy when I asked that question. No, yeah, that um, that. It, it's funny because you mentioned when we were talking about Stannis earlier, 
like both of these guys are pretty much complete dicks, right? Like the the whole time they've been nothing but just complete a holes. Except when Stannis has the the um the father's uh, daughter talk with his daughter, you actually like felt that he was genuine. But when Roose <laughs> yeah. did it, I was like, I don't believe anything that you're saying right now. <laughs> like not even not even a little bit do I believe what you're what you're saying. Um, oh, totally. No, like you never trust Roose Bolton ever yeah. for any reason whatsoever. Yeah, so I mean, I you know, I I didn't feel anything. I mean, I you know, it worked. Now he's got uh, what's his face. You know, at least not thinking about the baby. But um, it, exactly, what a, exactly, what a dirty move. I know, I know. Well, as soon here's what popped into my head was as soon as he mentioned the baby, I was like, that poor woman and her child oh, yeah. are dead. Like that's yeah, exactly that's, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, she's going to accidentally get uh, stabbed in the stomach. Uh, or she's going to get pushed down some stairs or whatever. Yep. I was like, she's, she's going to get st- she's going to get stabbed in the stomach, a la Stark style. Oh, Ooh, was that low? Was that mean? The, the Lannisters send their regards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know, the, Fat Walda, and I'm not being mean. That's what they call her in the books. They call her Walda in the show. Her name is Fat Walda in the books. Uh, Roose Bolton makes his marriage pack with Walder Frey, and Walder Frey says, pick any one of my daughters, and you can have her weight in gold. So naturally, Roose picks the heaviest daughter <laughs> to, to marry so he can have her weight in gold. And then he gets her pregnant to piss off his son, Ramsay. And honestly, it's more of like a power play. You know, like, he wants Ramsay to be on his toes, and, and Ramsay's one of those guys that, left unchecked, unchecked, could start getting a big head about things and considering himself to be the warden of the north and the, the head of House Bolton, where his father is, and his father could be replaced because they're Boltons and they would kill each other. Uh, in the books, Roose Bolton kills, uh, not Roose, but Ramsay kills his. He has he has brothers from Roose and he kills them. And Roose has killed his own children. Like it's just a thing. The Boltons are just horrible, god awful people. And honestly, the only Boltons I even know about are Roose and Ramsay because the rest of them are dead. Because they like they just like, oh, I don't like you. You're too weak. I think I'll throw you in the river, or I'll hang you, or I'll smother you in your sleep, or I'll Have I'll kill you, feed you, feed you to my dogs. So yeah. So what did um, you, what did you think about Reek coming into play now? Like they actually. That was a great scene. That moment where Sansa walked into the dog kennel. That kind of happens a little bit, but of course not with Sansa. But it, a reveal of Reek. He he sleeps with the dogs. Actually sleeps in their cages with them, and they all kind of. He lays with them for warmth because he's out in the cold in the winter, and uh, so he sleeps with the dogs for warmth. And when they feed the dogs, he he, they, he shares their food, and uh, so they're called Ramsey's bitches. As a matter of fact, oh. in, the, in the book, the dogs the dogs are called Ramsey's bitches, and he names he names each one of them for a girl that he's killed. So like if he's if he's killed a certain girl, he'll name his new dog by the girl's name he killed, especially if they. If he hunted them well, if they ran far away and he was able to hunt them, he'll name them. Anyway, uh, when 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 uh, Reek Dion is in the cage and and they and uh, they, somebody comes to get him, he's eating a rat. He's like actually has bitten into a live rat and is eating his his warm blood and his entrails out of his stomach as the rat is squirming in his hands because Reek hasn't been fed in months and months and months. Now in the show, he's able to walk around the yard in, in, in Winterfell, which I'm sure he gets his own food somewhere. Somehow, so uh, 
I thought it was a good I thought it was a good reveal to Sansa and I remember I told you guys last week I thought that she knew. Mm-hmm. I thought she knew he was there, but I was completely wrong. And um she hasn't forgiven him yet, which I don't know how he's going to get her to trust him. I kind of feel like he's got to do something for Sansa to trust him because how are they going to work together at the end of the season, which I hope that happens. I mean, I you know, how else is 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 Ram- is Ramsay and the and Roos going to be taken down if, except from taken down from the outside by Stannis or from the inside by Sansa? So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I I thought it was a good a good play together. Like Sansa and, and Theon are back together. Ramsay's there talking shit. Uh, the whole fat Walda's pregnant thing and Roos being a dick. I thought I thought the Winterfell scenes were great. Let me ask you this: um, What did you think of the love story that? Between Grey Worm and Missandei. Look, look, I was, there was no one that was cheering more than me. I was like, yes, girl, yes, kiss that man because he is still alive, okay? I mean, he doesn't have anything down there. It's all right. But as long as his lips work, you in business, okay? <laughs> so, uh, no, seriously, I was really excited about it because, you know, she really kind of put herself out there and really kind of went, look, you know, he, he said, look, I was really afraid because I wasn't, I wasn't going to have you anymore. And I was afraid of that. And, and that gave her the courage to kind of go ahead and say, make the first move, really physically make the first move. Uh, so I, I thought it was wonderful. I was so excited for them to, for those two. As a book purist, my first natural instinct is to rail against the show and say that the Unsullied don't have feelings. But I like how they explained it, that he's fallen in love with Masande, and he actually was afraid he would never see the woman he's fallen in love with again. And so that made him weak in battle, because honestly, an Unsullied is basically a godlike warrior. They don't feel pain, they don't feel fear, and he allowed that love for Masande to get in his way, and of course, you know he felt like that was a weakness, and he was ashamed for it. Luke, what did you think of that? Do you think that did that endear Grey Worm to you? I mean, I already liked Grey Worm. I didn't need to be endeared to Grey Worm anymore. But did it, did it make you like him even more, or did you kind of get pissed that they're making a love story out of nothing? Well, yeah. I mean, first I felt bad for him because he finds out that the hot chick likes him, and there's literally nothing he can do about it. There's one thing he can do. There's two things. I can think of two things he can do about it. All right? I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about him. That'll be for Wiki Westeros. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, this is true. This is wrong podcast so, for that. I don't know if he's, wrong You know, sometimes they say amputees get, like, phantom pains and stuff. So, I mean, I was, I was feeling bad for the brother. But um, I, I was phantom erection. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of with you. We talked about it last time. I liked his character and I liked all of the Unsullied better when they were when they had no feelings, like when they were just uh, just uber badass ultra warriors who didn't care about anything. I mean, I I guess I get it. You know, they they would have never they've never experienced love before. In fact, the opposite, you know. Um, So when she shows some sort of affection, I guess it would make him, you know. It would be that much more intense, but right. I don't know. I Here's what's creepy. In the, in the book, she's like seven or eight. Oh, no. Don't tell me things like this. It, yeah, she's – You went, you went Twilight on I don't read the book. 
Well, he doesn't like her in the books. He doesn't even like. He doesn't even look at her. He's an unsullied. Oh, he doesn't. Good. He doesn't have yeah. feelings in the books. I thought that's where I was. Yeah, no, and that's that's where my book pure side kicks in, and I have to go. Okay, am I going to take this with a grain of salt and say, you know what, this is the show. The show's the show. The books are the books. But yeah, in the books, she's like seven or eight. I think thirteen tops. But I think she's like seven or eight. She's really young, and and but Grey Worm doesn't even recognize. Like he knows who she is. They talk. But it's only because they share a common bond that she has two brothers that are unsullied, and so he knows them because he's the leader of the unsullied. There's no romantic link between the two. Well, I'm just going to say that I was just glad to see first that he was alive because I I was worried about that. I thought he had a feeling he was still alive, but I was kind of worried about it, so I'm glad that he is alive. Uh, but for him and and uh, homegirl to you know kind of kiss and well not I'm not kiss but you know to be affectionate and stuff like that mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. say that you know she there was some hope with that relationship so no I I'm you know what honestly again stepping aside from the Nazi book purist that I I am with Game of Thrones I really enjoyed that alteration from the from the books because. Um, it's TV, and you can't just you can't translate, um, you know, thousands of pages of a book into ten hours a year, ten episodes a season. You can't do that. Well, so you have to streamline, and you have to make certain alterations, and making a love story out of what is already there. Like Masande is a beautiful woman in the show. Grey Worms, a single dude with with no cock and balls, but that's okay <laughs> because you know you don't have to have you don't have to have the, all the package there to love somebody. So, you know, obviously that's how Grey Worm's going to do things now. And, you know what, you got to make a – sometimes it's television, you make a love story because you need to appeal to a certain audience. Like, yeah, if Game of Thrones only appealed to book readers, it would be a very, very boring show. I promise you that. So, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that that deviation was made. Well, not only that, but, you know, a lot of these relationships are in, – especially in Game of Thrones are so forced. Uh, they're getting married, and, and, and we'll look at Danny here in a minute – they're they're made for these marriages or relationships are made for alliances and things like that. Um, I don't you know the only ones that I can really remember are like Jon Snow and Ygritte were actually you know came together and had a relation. Well, I guess you know a relationship, but it was made out of love. It wasn't made out of you know like hey That's a really good point. we have That's to a really be good point. you know we have to be together because you're the queen of this and I'm the king of this or whatever the case may be. Um, and I feel the same way with Grey Worm and his girl. It, it's it's a relation and you need that because when you have so many relationships built out of uh such such ugliness you need to have like okay here's a little glimmer of hope a little glimmer of light uh especially when you're watching such a show like you know this one well you know and it's funny though too like that contrast between those types of relationships you could tell that i guess rr martin's against it because in every Every time that I can think of that that happens where they choose love over what they should have done, everybody dies. Rob Rob Stark being one of the ones. Right, yeah. Well, the same thing. Ugret's dead. Uh, John Show probably probably should be dead. Uh, Rob Stark is dead, plus his mom and his Mm -hmm. wife and his. Oberyn Martell. Oberyn Martell, who loved uh, Elyria of Dorne. Same thing, you know? Elyria of Dorne. So, yeah, basically that's the same thing. You choose love, you die. Uh, little, so little, finger, little finger. Uh, what, what's her face at the uh, at the veil? Lysa. Yeah, she Lysa. Lo- she loved him. <laughs> That's true. She loved that didn't she work. Loved him. Yeah, manically. A, a, Tyrion. Yeah, no. And uh, and his little hoe. Tyrion and his in his in his whore. Yeah, um, Shay. Love absolutely. has no place in Westeros. 
<laughs> make, in the make, Seven Kingdoms. Make a really good point. Yeah, make it's in the Seven Kingdoms. It, it just doesn't belong. So, um, Isis brought up a good point about Danny and Hisdar Zolorak, which are, I think it's Lorak. Uh, I just call him uh, Hisdar Foshizzi. Foshizzi. Hizzy Foshizzi. She, before we talk about her demanding that he marries her and the fact that that doesn't happen that way in the books, but whatever, I don't care. You're streamlining the show. You're making it faster. Okay, let's talk about that badass dragon scene. Oh, my God. Can we please say that the, the mother of dragons is back? Yes, the mother of dragons is back. And and about time. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that she took Dario's um, Nohaini. I'm going to call him that now. Dario Nohaini? Yeah, Jahar, Dario Nohaini. <laughs> That's so perfect. And, uh, and so, you know, she took his advice, and I, I was so thrilled about it. I mean, and then we pan over later on, and we see the other dragon with, um, um, with Mr. Um, What's his name? What do we call him? Yeah, for, Sir Friendzone and, and oh yeah, Drogon's flyover yeah. was chill. Oh, that was it was awesome. That was awesome. But I felt like okay, good. She has finally made a statement, you know. And I love the fact, and this is this is so bad uh, that the dragons they actually shared the food. Did you see that they tore him <laughs> yeah. in two? They ripped him in half. They ripped him in half. So, yes. Yeah, so, that like, was crazy. I thought that was awesome because I was like, oh, sharing means caring. And so they, <laughs> share, they shared their barbecue together. I felt like it was a great Mother's Day present from Danny to them, like a mother giving her children a Mother's Day I present. I know. It was so awesome. Like, she's like, I'm embracing who you are. And I, and, you know, kind of like, I'm sorry for what I have done, and I'm embracing who you are. So here's But now they've got, the, they've, got, they've got the taste of human flesh now. So it's like, well, it's, yeah. So anyway, I thought that whole scene was amazing, amazing. Uh, I was left a little bit baffled about her decision to, uh, you know, kind of marry this guy and everything. I was just like this simpering wimp that's on his knees crying. Yeah, like a little biatch. And I was just like, really, Danny? Really? After, well, after having a manly man of a of your first husband this is who you choose as a second husband so i can only she married for love she married like luke's point stands she married for love the first time and look what happened to cal drogo so now she's marrying for reasons of politics and and in the books it takes like half the book it's meandering it's it's a plot line that i don't care for cuz it takes forever and she's basically of course nobody forces her to do it but she's basically left with no decision left because the sons of the harpy destroy the city and kill everybody, and so Hizzy Froshizzy tells her that uh, um, I'll make the sons of the harpy stop attacking for ninety days, and if that happens, then I'll ma- then you'll marry me, and I'll become the king of the city, and you'll become the queen. That happens. She opens up the pits, just like in the show. But in the show, she streams. She gets rid of all that shit, and she just says, "I need a suitor," and I, I, I find one on his knees. You're a, you're a respectable suitor on your knees. So like, she, I like that they're asserting Danny's. Uh, badass dominance. Like, Luke, I have to ask you this. Like, you had to, like... I don't know, man. I thought it was completely badass that she was pushing dudes up, and she was, like... She was taunting them, basically, and, and, and you know, and when she fed that one guy the dragons, we don't know if he was guilty. What did you think of that scene? I thought... I, I, I liked it a lot. Um, 
I especially liked like how much thought they put into it. Like if you notice when the guy gets lit on fire, the whole lighting changes in, <laughs> in the thing. Like I was like, man, it all of a sudden got bright. And I was like, oh yeah, there's a guy on fire. <laughs> there's a literal <laughs> off, human off camera. Yeah. I was like, oh, that makes sense. They really put a lot of thought and detail into this. This is great. <laughs> um, I can only imagine like the, them out there with like some sort of like wooden dummy, <laughs> you know, out there like lighting it on fire. Like, is this going to be enough light? <laughs> Maybe we should have her sacrifice two dudes. Did you, did you notice the other guys like instantly got on their knees and were begging for their lives after that? Like, they, yeah. she was taunting Sir Hizzy, or not Sir. She was ta- taunting Hizzy, and the rest of the guys got on their knees and were basically praying, supplicant to her, begging her for their lives. And she says that line. Well, we I think they've had enough to eat yeah, for now. We don't, we don't want to overfeed them. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah, well, they're like I, lizards that you know. If they, once they've had enough, they'll just leave the food there. I guess. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. I guess that's that's science. Hashtag science. <laughs> On Game of Thrones, dr- take dr- the dragon black. science. <laughs> dragon science. <laughs> but I feel so bad for I feel bad for Dario Nohaini. What does that mean for him? I mean, is he oh, not going to? You think get. he's still going to be hitting that shit? Yeah, I don't yeah, think that she's going to ever uh, go to bed. That's Dario. why she picked him specifically as the one to marry, because he's on mm-hmm. his knees sniveling, thinking he's going to die. So, mm-hmm. you know, she marries him, and then that's it. You know, she, he's, you he's think got they're not going to consummate? They're not going to consummate the wedding? They, ne- they never. They never. Well, they, I think they actually may consummate once, and she's very turned off by him. In fact, she calls him his dar of the tepid kiss. So, like, uh, she doesn't like him, and she's had Dario on the books, so she knows what hot lovemaking can be like, and of course she's had Khal Drago, so she knows how to have how to have sex the right way and enjoy it, and his dar, basically, he's a rich, pompous, arrogant ass, and he doesn't know how to, how to, how to work magic in the boudoir, so, uh... So, so Dario's calls- still in play. Dario's, to complete, I don't know how they're gonna do it on the show, but for now, Dario's totally still in play. He should be. I would think so, but imagine Dario the, no Heine. imagine imagine the uh, the roller coaster of emotions for that guy. It's like he's uh, he's standing there in the uh, in the chambers, you know, and then the the immense uh, fear, or whatever, when he gets taken away, when he's like, oh well, I'm one of the leaders of the family. He gets taken away, <laughs> and then she comes back for him. He's like, oh, maybe she's gonna let me out. Nope, dragons. Roller nope, you know, dragon. <laughs> down again, you know. Then he's thinking that he's gonna die. Then oh no, I get to live, you know. And then oh wait a minute, now I get this too. Now I get to become the king of Mirene. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, I don't I don't know how the show's gonna do it. Obviously they're gonna fast they're gonna fast track that whole storyline, which I'm okay with that because that's one of the biggest complaints from a lot of the book readers is that that is that a Dance with Dragons, the last book that Martin published was a little bit meandering and, and a little a little too long in the tooth for a book. So yeah, no, that storyline was a great storyline. I'm impressed with how they made Danny a badass again. I hope they continue it. Um, but we we had we had that action go down, but it, the 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 real big scene and the big the big finale for the episode is uh, Tyrion and Sir Friendzone, Sir Jorah. And I kind of am not going to call him Sir Friendzone for a while because I feel sorry for him, but whatever. Uh, Sir Jorah and Tyrion are in the boat. They have a moment together. They kind of quote a, a poem together. And then the wind 
picks up, and honestly, yeah, seeing Drogon flap by, and I turned my volume up to like 90 on that, on that scene, and he flaps by, and you can hear his wings like hitting the, hitting, the, hitting the air, but it's Tyrion's face that gave me the chills, because you have to understand, that's the first time Tyrion has seen a dragon, so he's always wanted to see, see one since he was a child. He's read about him. He's an expert on dragons because he's read about him. He's never seen one, so he almost pees himself when he sees Drogon fly over. And then Ser Jorah sees Drogon, and but he hasn't seen him that large before. Drogon was not that big last time he saw him. He was big, but he wasn't that big. And so uh, I thought that scene was probably besides the dragons eating that one dude. That was probably the best scene of the episode so far. Would you agree, Isis, or not? Uh, no, I think it was. Um, I mean, I'm gonna have to go back with. You know, seeing the uh, the dragons tear tear apart the the meal and everything, and then barbecue. I respect that. Yeah, that I respect to me that. was like awesome because I really I like totally respected the the you know the dragons. They're, they weren't like, hey, you know, the body was closer to me, and so I get all of it. No, it's like, here you go, brother. I'm gonna give you some. And it was <laughs> you like them because they shared. You like yeah, them. I know. They shared. Yeah, yeah. They're friendly dragons. These these are these are these are the values that I teach my children at home. Exactly, it's a code. I mean, I respect that, and then the fact that they you know want cooked food. I mean, I get that. So (laughs) totally. I mean, don't get me wrong. The faces. They're not savages. They're not. They have. I mean, again, a code. Um, but I did enjoy, like you said, the the look on their faces, the the look of Tyrion, of the shocked look on his face, of like, oh. My God, what did I just cut? Is this real life? And that was incredible. And it was kind of like Jorah was smiling because how he saw how big the dragon had gotten. And it was kind of like, it was like kind of seeing Danny again for him. You know, it's a piece of Danny. And so that's. He's been there with with the dragon since they were hatched. Yes. He's known them since they were little bitty cat sized dragons. And And I have to feel like he thinks, hey, I'm that. I'm close to her because the dragons would be close to her. So that's a good point. That's just so. Do you, so, Luke, let me ask you this: um, What did you think about Jorah dragging Tyrion up on the shore? And they seem like they're going to be friends now. Like he's calling him Tyrion instead of Imp. Which, if you don't like Tyrion, you call him Imp. But if you're his friend, you call him Tyrion. So uh, he's calling him Tyrion. He he rescues him. Sec- first of all, like he could have let Tyrion drown. And by the way, that was a nice little nod to book readers because Tyrion falls in the water, is dragged down by a stone man who is sinking himself, and then it goes black. And I thought they were going to end the episode. And my wife was watching, you know, and I was kind of, I was doing the, the Winter is Coming live tweeting, and I stopped what I was doing, and I looked at the TV, and my wife goes, oh, no, they didn't. Oh, no, they're not going to do that to us. And I was like, baby, welcome to the wonderful world of being a fan of the books because they did that to the books. Tyrion falls down in the water, and that's the last thing you see of him. Like he sinks to the bottom, and he he and that's the end of the chapter for like three or four chapters before you read another Tyrion chapter again. So for like three or four chapters, you're going, oh my god, Tyrion's dead. How can he do this? How could he kill Tyrion? <laughs> but uh, no, like uh, and then of course he wakes. You know, the, we have the wake up scene with with Jorah. Uh, Luke, what did you think about the grayscale reveal that Jorah's got grayscale? Are you feeling kind of bad for him, or are you just like I'm so tired of Sir Friendzone? He needs to go ahead and go. I, I'm kind of tired of him, to be honest. And by the way, the the fade to black thing—that uh, was a long behind uh, black scene. Just yeah, like, I I literally turned to my wife and go, "Why did the TV go off?" Because I was waiting for yeah, the credits, no, that, and nothing yeah. came. And I was like, "Did the TV turn off?" 
That's why I'm saying it was a nice nod to book readers because that's how we felt when we read the book for the first time. It's like, what? Oh my god, so you're like, either you're flipping forward trying to find the next Tyrion chapter, or you're like, okay, I don't want to spoil myself, I'll just keep reading until until I find out if he's dead or not. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really don't care that he's got the, um, I guess the Esteros uh, version of herpes, but uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I could care less. I mean, again, you know, back to my earlier point, the only reason why he's going to see Danny is because he loves her, and this is what uh, happens to him, so... Well, you already you already mentioned that uh, the the Stone Man. You kind of were like you kind of didn't know what was coming when it happened, and you were like, "What are these guys and whatnot?" But Isis, I didn't get your opinion. Did it freak you out when that guy stood up in the background? Did you go like, "Oh my god"? Because I was watching it and I knew what was happening because I knew what was coming. Like I I dissected the the preview trailer last week. I dissected it screen by screen, making gifts, and I saw the guy stand up in the background, and I got freaked out. Well, of last night watching it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And my wife, like Melissa, screamed. She's like, "Ah!" Yeah. So, no, I freaked out too. You, I was just like, yeah. "I was like, what the what the hell just happened?" Like, I saw like a little blurb, <laughs> and I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" And then like I saw all these you know bodies coming, you know, falling in the water and everything, and I was just like, "What is what is just going on here?" I mean, they're getting attacked. I mean, are these wild? I mean, I didn't know what was going on. And then when they got in the boat, and I saw their faces and their skin, I was like, "Oh." Okay, gotcha. I know. You're like, oh snap! I know I what said, it is. It's on like Donkey Kong, and then, uh, and then when he said Jora was like, "Don't let him touch you," and I was like, "Holy crap! You can just get this shit by getting touched." I was like, "Oh, their yeah, their version of grayscale can be transferred through through contact." Like, uh, I'm not really sure to be honest with you. It's not even really clear in the books how grayscale grayscale is transferred. Jorah is taking the place of another book character. This book character has not been shown on the, in the, on the show. So I'm not even going to talk about him. So, so Jorah is taking his place, and he, he, contact, he contracts Grayscale um, basically the same way the other guy in the books did. And, um, but that's I'm not, not really the way sure. that Stannis' daughter got contracted Grayscale. No, she, got that, she got it through that rotten doll that, that was given to her as a child. But So Grayscale... Um, it, it, it thrives in like wet, damp places like mold. It, that's where like black mold. It, that's where it thrives. So uh, that's where grayscale comes from. Well, there's an active type of grayscale that those stone men have. Like it starts in your, you know, in your extremities, and once your extremities go, then it goes into your chest and it, it hardens your 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 arteries, and that's when you're done. Um, so I don't understand really what's going to happen. To uh, to Jorah now that he's got a spot on his arm, um, there's lots of talk that he could cut his cut his arm off and stop the, the progression. That's happened. They talk about in the books people could cut off extremities and stop the progression, but it doesn't look like he's going to do that. To me, the look on his face when he saw it was like a look of resolve. Like I need to go ahead and fulfill my my mission and get Tyrion to Danny. Yes, absolutely. I cannot wait for, and I'm and, and I'm secretly hoping that Tyrion is going to get there before she has a chance to marry uh, the other guy, the guy that was on his knees. I don't. He's so easy Yeah, he's for Shizzy. I'm really hoping. Like, I'm like, please, please, please let this happen uh, because I really, really want to throw a rent. Not that I don't want her to marry somebody. I want Danny to be happy, but I don't want her to Danny to for Danny to marry some dude just you know like for political reasons. I want her to marry him because like. She wants to. She wants to be all up in that. So right, you want to marry her for love. Yeah, and you want her to die because she chose love. There you go. Well, no, the, um, the guy can die. She can live. The guy can die. 
Oh, Dario, uh, Dario Nohaini. Well, I don't want her to marry him. That can be her little boy toy. I'm good with that. All right. All right, so that's that's the end of the episode. We ha- we saw a preview for next episode, and it looks like much like episode five, where we spent time with Winterfell and Danny and Jon Snow at the Wall. It looks like next episode is going to be exclusively in King's Landing and Dorne. So we're going to see probably Jamie and Bronn go to the Water Gardens. Uh, we're pro- we're going to see uh, Ilaria and the Sand Snakes do some more plotting. Hopefully, it'll be a better scene than their intro scene last episode. We're going to see. Cersei uh, being more devious in King's Landing, the return of the Queen of Thorns, Lady Olena Tyrell, oh, she's and awesome. we're gonna. It looks like we're gonna get Loras on trial. All right, well, guys, that's the end of our show for this week. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Make sure that you tune in next week when we talk about uh, episode six. Uh, make sure you tweet us if you have any questions at hashtag. Use hashtag. Hashtag. I'm sorry. Take the black. And um, I'm, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at house underscore razor. Uh, you can find my articles on winteriscoming.net. I have my, my, my two lovely co-hosts, Isis. You can find her on Twitter at I-J-A-M-E-L-T-O-N. Or you can find me on Tumblr, superhero-omightyisis. And you can find my other lovely co-host, Luke, on Twitter at turnerluke. Are you proud of me, Luke? And I didn't have to ask you for it. Yeah, I did it. And I actually just tweeted hashtag take the black. <laughs> I'm cool. not going back to future questions. I didn't ask a question. I just tweeted hashtag take the black. That's <laughs> the way hashtags work, right? That's, that's right. You just randomly hashtag something. That's what I did. I hashtag winter is coming to take the black. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Love you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.